0: I'm Tom Tate, and this is the Power Time Podcast Summer of Streaming. What's up, Power Players? Welcome back to the Power Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Tate. And if this is your first time tuning in, you're listening to what is typically a Nintendo Power retrospective. It's a podcast where we dig through the history of Nintendo, one issue of Nintendo Power at a time. But I'm taking the summer off from those episodes to run a few interviews and play some games. And I'm really glad that I did that because I'm excited to have the opportunity to have a really special guest on the show. If you've been listening to the past few weeks, you've caught his answers for our question of the week segment, which has been a lot of fun. And I've been recommending highly that you check out his podcast, Nintendo Switchcraft. So without delay, I could babble on and on, but let's welcome to the show, uh, Twitch streamer and fellow podcaster Bill, better known as Run Jump Stomp. Bill, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me, Tom. It, I'm it really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I'm I'm really excited to have you join the show. I want to thank you for participating in the question of the week. That's been fun hanging out in discord. Uh, I'm kind of new to the run jump stomp arsenal of content, uh, but I've quickly become a fan. Uh, Your podcast format is awesome. Uh, But my first question is, if you could share with me, uh, because I don't know, and for the listeners, uh, what's your origin story as kind of a Nintendo slash video game content creator?
1: this is a really interesting one uh have you i'm sure that you and your listeners have heard of g4 oh absolutely yep okay so scott rubin who was like one of the guys in charge of g4 when it first started he used to do a a call-in radio show like I, i don't even know how many years ago um at least more than 10 years ago called all games okay and um he just he it was him and another person whose name is escaping me right now Uh, but they would talk about video games and um i used to record a segment on there called uh, rpg news and i would record it on like do you remember those crappy plastic stick mics that that came with computers yeah, absolutely. Right. I used to record it on one of those, and I would email them, and then they would include it in the show. And uh, it was actually live streamed, uh, not video or anything, because this is back in the dial-up days. Sure. Uh, so that's where I started doing podcasting. I don't even know if it was really called podcasting back then. Uh, and then, you know, they they um, made that deal with Disney and made G four, and all games kind of stopped or or, or actually it didn't really stop. It kept going, but that show had moved on. And for a while I just decided, oh, I'll just listen to podcasts. I had too much stuff to do. And then a couple of years ago, um, I, 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 decided that I wanted to record a podcast and, um, the first podcast lasted one episode. It was called Arcatan's arcade. Okay. And that's because my, my online avatar name has been Arcatan for a very long time. Um, but, the the issue is is that nobody ever remembers how to say or spell arcatan. Sure. So sure. I thought I need I need to find a different name for the podcast. And it was like I I uploaded the first episode of Arcatan's Arcade and immediately realized that that I had come up with a better like right then the moment I hit the upload button I remembered or I didn't remember, but I thought of a new name and that was Run, Jump, Stomp. It was like, what are the three things that Mario does? He runs, he jumps, and he stomps. And that's kind of generic enough that it can apply to a lot of things. And it's also something that's easy to remember. So I thought that would be better. So I immediately deleted that podcast and uh, re-recorded the intro and started Run, Jump, Stomp, which was a general gaming podcast. Uh, It was a solo show. That was like two years ago cool um and then i did that one for a while and it got no downloads nobody was listening uh which is fine that most podcasts nobody listens to and then i a buddy of mine uh zap dc he has another he has a podcast of his own um but zap dc joined me and we re, we brought back run jump stomp and it was a weekly video game news show and then when the Switch thing uh, was announced, I was like, oh, Switch, Switchcraft, sounds, that's a cool name. Yeah. And it's easy to remember, and people are going to find it. And it's, it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Niche enough that, like, Nintendo's a niche enough audience that you can actually get noticed. Whereas a general gaming podcast, it's very, very difficult. Like, I was getting maybe 20 downloads an episode on that um whereas Switchcraft was getting way more downloads and so uh I talked to Zap and we decided to uh scuttle that project cuz it was taking time away from his Twitch stream and it was sure. taking time away from the other stuff that I wanted to work on so that brings me to where I am today uh running on Switchcraft 3 days a week
0: and what's cool what's cool about Switchcraft is you actually started covering it before it was even released um so what do you remember the moment where you decided that you were going to kind of dig into that niche and, and dig into the uh, switch uh because you definitely covered it early on.
1: Well, it's funny. Um back when I was doing Run Jump Stomp, it was <laughs> when it was a solo show, it was really a Nintendo show. It wasn't sure. supposed to be a Nintendo show, but that's what I that's what I'm always I've kind of been into, and so it always kind of turned into a Nintendo show. And then when when I brought Zap on board to be my my co-host, uh, it kind of moved away from that because we he he wasn't really a Nintendo guy, and I was, so I didn't want to monopolize and talk about stuff that he didn't really have an interest in, so we kind of moved to more general gaming, even though it was always supposed to be a general gaming show. And so when the Switch was announced and I decided to make, make uh, the podcast, um, I thought... Okay, well, it's it's so much easier to do a niche show. And my my biggest worry was is there going to be enough news. In fact, there was a there was a, a a little bit of time when I was uh doing the early episodes of Switchcraft where I didn't do episodes for like a couple weeks at a time because there was there was well, actually, I think it was like a month at a time um because there just wasn't anything to talk about and I could have yeah. recorded something and just you know, talked for no reason. I'm very good at that. Uh, just talking endlessly. People need to shut me up once in a while, but, um, I didn't want to do that. And I didn't want to put out a podcast where I was talking about nothing. So I, I, I kept forgetting to do it. And then finally I was like, okay, you know what, let's do this right. I, I, my biggest problem with switchcraft that I had was I was trying to, like, I would write a script and then I would try and like kind of like YouTubers do they have it's clear YouTubers they have a script they read the script uh and then they edit their footage I was writing a script and that took way too much time so I said forget it I'm going to do three episodes a week and I'm not going to have a script I'll have like show notes loose show notes and I'm not going to edit it forever to make sure that I always sound like I know exactly what's going on um I'm just going to do quick edits uh no script uh, off the cuff and it made it so much easier for me to do three episodes a week i don't know if i answered your question
0: <laughs> no that's perfect and uh, i'll shamelessly plug the show for you uh because i think a lot of podcasts in your general niche not not even nintendo but just the video game news weekly news roundup space you get these really long podcasts that are ninety minutes long, sometimes two hours, three or four people talking about the news. everyone voices their opinion. Uh, but I think what you have is really unique. I haven't really stumbled upon too many podcasts that deliver shorter episodes uh, more times throughout the week uh, and I like that it's uh those those shortcuts because I will see uh, in on Twitter or in discord you know hey I'm recording the episode. Uh, live for patreon supporters and then all of a sudden it'll be on the feed four hours later five hours later which is pretty awesome um so it's been great but has that been you know challenging to keep up with that cadence uh do you do you feel like uh you're going to reach the point of burnout at some point
1: i definitely don't feel like i'm going to reach the point of burnout um there there i was really worried that there wouldn't be enough news uh, but there definitely is, there's always something to talk about. Uh, even if it, especially now that I've, I've got some listeners, um, and that, that's the hardest part is just talking to yourself for a long time sure. because I am, it's a solo show. For those of you that, that haven't listened before, it's a solo show. It's just me. I'm the only one there. And so I'm talking to myself for a long period of time i'm not really talking myself i'm talking to the imaginary people in front of me um and when they are imaginary when there really is nobody listening that was really tough but now that i've got some people listening uh and they like they come into the live stream and uh they talk in on our patreon chat and uh that makes things so much easier uh because you get that real time feedback and Uh, people are leaving voicemails or emailing in and that makes it so much easier. So at first it was really tough, but it, it got much easier very quickly because I don't know if, uh, I did the SEO right this time, but, but switchcraft was able to find an audience fairly quickly.
0: Yeah. You cracked the top 100,
1: 200 recently. Uh, I did. It only did lasted recall? for like an hour. <laughs> still, uh,
0: still awesome, though. And, you know, another thing I like about the show, uh, and I'll stop buttering you up and we'll get into the Nintendo 10, but I like that it's family friendly, too. Um, my son and I were we were doing yard work the other day and I was catching up on podcasts and, you know, I had to choose between yours and another gaming podcast and ultimately i chose yours because at the specific time i couldn't count on the other one to not be super vulgar uh which was which was nice right some people might some people might care about that some people might not but i think as a dad you know my props to you for creating some programming i can play uh whenever uh so Before we jump into the Nintendo 10, uh, which, of course, is 10 rapid-fire questions about your experiences with Nintendo, with the big N, uh, which, of course, you're qualified to answer, Uh, I did want to ask just uh, one or two quick questions specific to the Switch, uh, because you've been covering it so extensively. Mm -hmm. So we're less than a year into the release, and I just wanted to know, like, what's your feel on the just general temperature of the release? You know, what's your general response to the console at this point? Uh, Are you surprised by how successful it's been? Uh, And is there any uh, specific game or any specific aspect that's been exceeding your expectations?
1: Okay, so the first part of the question, am I surprised? I'm not sure if I'm surprised or not. What I am... Gosh, how do I how do I address this? I think that the the switch has surprised a lot of people mm-hmm. um, when they unveiled it. When Koizuma uh, Koizumi, sorry, was on stage and he she was showing off the Joy Cons. Uh, actually, no, before that, when they first showed us that that uh, commercial, I think it was in November last year, and they showed what 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 the system was. I was like, oh, we've got lightning in a bottle here because. This is something very, very unique. And it was funny because before that, they said, we don't want to say anything about the Switch because it would be... Or, well, at that point, it was the NX because it would be too easy for our competitors to uh, copy it. Um, and I don't know if that's true, that it would be easy for the competitors to copy it. Um, but, I mean, there's there's rumors that, that uh, Sony was going to bring a... Nintendo Switch like device to E three this year. I don't think that that's ever was in the in the cards. Sure, uh, that's just rumors. Mostly because it takes too long for development; they wouldn't have it ready at this point. But I think that a lot of developers are caught by surprise because if you look at the Wii, the Wii sold like bananas. Like it it blew the doors off everything. And then when the Wii U came out, a lot of dev, uh, I can't talk. A lot of developers. They were like, well, we don't want to get caught with our pants down. Let's make sure that um, we've got games out ready for this thing. And the and, and the Wii U launched with 35 games, I think, which was pretty yeah. crazy. And then the Wii U was a, it was a, it was a dud. Uh, so a lot of the developers, they looked at the Wii U and they said, well, we don't want to get caught with our pants down again. Let's, let's wait and see what happens. We don't want to spend the resources developing for this. And then, the switch, I mean, coming out with, I think it was what two point three million in the first month, and then uh, at that last investors' call, it was four point seven million consoles, and they're almost to their they're almost halfway to their goal of ten million consoles in the first uh, um, fiscal year after only five months. That's pretty amazing, and I think a lot of developers are like they're they're regretting um, waiting. And I think that soon we're going to start hearing from those third-party developers saying, "Hey, they surprised us. Uh, let's, uh, let's 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 uh, start putting out games for it." I don't think it's going to be those those huge games that are on the PS4 and Xbox. You're not going to get the next Assassin's Creed on it. At least I don't think so. Um, they're going to make different games for it, and hopefully, they don't do the same thing that they did on the Wii, where they just kind of shovelware stuff at it which I think that would be a mistake on their part. I think that they need to just develop games that are that are able to run on just a little bit less powerful hardware and I think that people will be very very happy to pick those games up. So I don't think I was surprised because when I first saw it I was like they've got something here, but I think there are a lot of developers that were surprised.
0: It is nice to hear, you know, Capcom come out and say that they're developing more for the Switch, kind of acknowledging that I don't think they came out and said that they were surprised, but acknowledging that there is some legs to this console. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we see some creative uh, I- IPs come, come from Capcom. So that, that's an interesting question uh, that uh, I'll turn over to you. Is there any third party titles that you would like to see uh, come to the Switch in some incarnation?
1: It's that's that's a really good question. Almost everything. like sure. Whenever something gets announced, my first instinct is, boy, I want to play that on the Switch. Because the ability to take it portably is something that... And that's something that does surprise me about the Switch. The ability to take it portably is something that I assumed I would not care about. I, I was like, ah, whatever, I might use it portably, but I'm, I'm not going to take it places... And I don't really take it places, but I use it in different parts of the house all the time. Uh, And it's just so great to be able to, uh, you're you're playing in one room and you just pick it up and move to another room because your family is in there. It's just really amazing. So whenever a game is announced, I always think to myself, boy, I hope there's going to be a Switch version because if there is, that's where I want to play it. I almost always want to play a game on the Switch first. And a lot of people are like, but it'll look better on the PS4 or the Xbox or the PC, and, and you're not wrong about that. The game will look better, but at the point that we're at now, the technology is, it, yes, it will look better when you're looking at them side by side, when, but when you're just looking at the Switch version of a game, it's going to look great. It really does, and, and especially on that, that, that screen. A lot of people were like, 720p is not enough. It is when your screen's that small.
0: And and that close. I mean, I I find it hard to imagine any game not being capable of being beautiful after playing through you 75, 80 hours of Zelda, right? Like, if you can't get enough out of that system to make a game look great, uh, I I find that hard to really fathom, right?
1: Right, and Zelda's a port. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Imagine what they're gonna do when they make a game specifically for the switch that's
0: a great point yeah i didn't even think think through that um so i, I have a uh, one final question uh and then we'll jump into the nintendo 10 and because this is a nintendo power podcast we kind of dig deeper into the retro stuff so i'm curious what are your thoughts on the virtual console or you know currently the lack of the virtual console do you think that the switch needs it do you think we can get by with uh re-releases packaged collections of classic games and then of course the online service is going to have uh currently the nes games will be available uh i guess monthly they'll be releasing a few games uh what are your thoughts on you know do we need retro games on the nintendo switch or are we covered with the super nintendo classic and these other things
1: well okay that's a great question let me say what i think is going to happen then i'll say what i'd like to happen what i think will probably happen is nintendo will do virtual console again i'm not sure if they're going to call it virtual console i feel like i feel like they want to uh rebrand it in some way uh just a couple of articles that i've read things that have been said and i can't put my finger on exactly what they said But things that I've read make me think that they want to get away from the virtual console moniker and move towards something else, uh, whatever that may be. Um, But I think they're going to bring out virtual console again. And I think that they are going to sell games for X dollars, probably two dollars for an NES game, five dollars for a Super Nintendo game, uh, maybe a Nintendo 64 game on there for seven dollars. And sure you know, move on uh, or all that stuff. I think that that's probably what will happen and we'll see it sometime. Maybe maybe we'll see that. I'd like to say that we'll see it when we start paying for the online service, but the online service feels like the classic games that you get from that are going to be separate from Virtual Console. So I feel like we'll probably hear about Virtual Console next to E3, which I know seems like a really far far way away uh, and that's not great but in the meantime we've got our NES classic and soon our Super Nintendo classic if you can be lucky enough to get one now that's what I think will happen what I would like to happen is for Nintendo to make these bundles uh, like you look at um, the NES classic and it would be fantastic if they would just sell that as a cartridge sure uh, and that way there's all of the people who really want the nes classic but can't get their hands on one they can still play those games and have a lot of fun with it and i have an nes classic and that thing is designed so well and i'm not even just talking about the actual console itself i'm talking about the software it's very well designed very uh fun to play And, um, I love the way that the menu system is, and it would be great if that were just a cartridge that I could go into a store and buy or download off the eShop. Same thing with the super NES classic. And yes, um, that would be probably expensive. I'd probably would pay, I don't know, full game price for both of those. Um, maybe a little less for the NES classic because, you know, that's $60 for the actual system. And if I'm buying just a cartridge, I'm not getting the plastic thing that sure. goes with it. Um, but that's what I would ultimately like to see um, is those bundles. And then in the future, an N64 classic bundle. Uh, and now, of course, there's going to be people who say, well, what about this game or that game that get left out? Um, you know, th- sell that on the eShop, but don't don't make it its own category. Just sell it on the eShop. I don't think it needs to have... uh, I don't want to start up a virtual console app on the Switch only to open up this game. I just want to have it exist alongside my other games.
0: And and that's very similar to the way 3DS handles it um, because you can kind of keep those games just alongside the rest of your games uh, on the Mm -hmm. the main interface. So that'd be awesome. I I would love to see them uh, do bundles as well. And given the amount of content that they have, I'm sure in the archives around these games, it would be cool to see them do what uh, they're doing currently with the Mega Man Legacy Collection and Disney Afternoon Collection, where it's almost like the the definitive version of those games with kind of like museum modes where you can go back and check out sketches and uh, different artifacts from the development. Like, I, I just think Nintendo would do so much more fan service uh, if they just kind of bundled these things together uh I, i'd love to pay two dollars uh, to play excite bike again uh but it would be cool to pay 30 and then get all these extra features that'd be pretty awesome
1: yes uh definitely agree um i think i think you're remembering excite bike to be better than it is though
0: <laughs> yeah yeah first thing that came to mind um yes I, i'm certainly remembering excite bike to be better
1: because i have it on the nes
0: classic and i'm telling you that game is not good yeah, um, I loved
1: it when I was a kid. Yeah,
0: very simple. Um, well, enough about the new stuff uh, and I, I want to jump into the Nintendo 10 uh, to make sure that we give it enough time and dig a little bit into uh, your past, your past with Nintendo. Uh, I love asking the same ten questions to different people because you get uh, sometimes you get wildly different answers, but then other times you get, very similar experiences uh many of us uh you know especially if we grew up in the states grew up in the suburbs you know getting nintendo power for the first time like a lot of these experiences we've all shared uh so the first question it's really going back to the beginning that is uh what were your earliest experiences with nintendo this could be uh with a game specific game or the first time experiencing uh a console
1: um oh okay well my, my very first experience with, with Nintendo was the Donkey Kong arcade machine. Um, my grandmother worked in a bar, and she had the day shift where all of the harmless bar flies would just sit at the bar and drink all day. And my mother would often go and visit my grandmother at work. Well, she would take me with her because my mom was a single mom. And when we got there, my grandmother would just open up the register, grab a handful of quarters, hand them to me. And in that bar was a Donkey Kong arcade machine. And I would go into the pool room where the the arcade machine was. And I would sit on the, the bar stool and just sit there and pump quarters into that thing all day. And when I ran out, I would go back over to the register and she'd hand me more quarters. Because they would just open the thing up at the end of the day and put them back in the register. And, uh... I played that game so much. I don't know that I ever got good at it because I was a little kid, but I had so much fun playing Donkey Kong at my grandmother's bar. And the like the bar flies that were there would, um, you know, they'd buy me sodas and stuff because, oh, look at how cute sure, your, sure. Look at how cute your <laughs> yeah. son is, Vicky. Um, and so they would get me soda or some dipsy doodles and, or Cracker Jacks, and, okay. you know, I'd get the toy out of there, and I'd sit there and play Donkey Kong all day.
0: That's awesome. Uh, you know, my first experience was was Mario on the NES. So my my follow up question to that is, what was it like to see Mario transition from Donkey Kong from being this you know kind of uh, miniature hero in Donkey Kong to being on the NES?
1: It's weird. I don't feel like I don't feel like I really realized that mm-hmm. they were that they were the same um, character, like. Sure. I was a little kid at the time. So the idea that characters the, existed in video games. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, he was just called jump man in, sure. in Donkey Kong and Pauline wasn't actually named Pauline. She was just the girl. Yeah. So I, I don't know that I really realized that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess, I guess in retrospect, uh, there wasn't really that concept back then. Uh, so the follow, the next question, um, Again, Nintendo Power podcast. Uh, did you have a subscription to the magazine growing up?
1: I'm not sure if I had a subscription to that. I had. I definitely had an. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. I definitely had a subscription to uh, EGM, okay, uh, cool. Electronic Gaming Monthly, and that was more of a general gaming thing. Um, but when uh, I was looking at the picture, when that um, all of the Nintendo Power uh, magazines had gotten on Archive.org and I was kind of flipping through them, I recognized so many of the covers. So I feel like I must have had a subscription in Nintendo Power because I recognized so many of the covers. And when I saw them, I was like, oh man, I remember leafing through this a million times. Or maybe I was just lucky and went into the, uh, the uh, store and was able to pick one up for... Or, or maybe... Uh, I remember the the covers from just going into stores and reading them in the stores. I'm not sure, but I definitely loved Nintendo Power. Uh, but I, I I definitely had an, uh, a subscription to EGM.
0: Yeah, an- another great magazine. So many great magazines back in back in the day. Uh, EGM,
1: um, Game Pro. Eventually, it's a shame that we don't have. Um, Very many. I mean, I know that people won't buy them because we can just get the information on the internet. But it's a shame that we don't have that. 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 I always loved grabbing a magazine, and I don't know if I'm the only one that does this, but I always read it backwards.
0: I, I read it backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. Like when I received a magazine as a kid. I think I've read it like 10 times. Oh, yeah, uh, Cause you, d- you just, you know, if you had a subscription, you had it for a full month before you got your next issue. So you would just read it over and over again. So that was exciting for me uh, growing up. Part of the reason why I was inspired to start this podcast, you know, again, going through those old issues on archive and getting super excited. So um, I'm going to jump into the next question. And this has been a challenging one for a lot of uh, interviewees. And that is, what is your favorite game on any Nintendo console? And uh, it's tough. It's tough to choose.
1: Oh, man. (laughs) I've I've been playing so much Breath of the Wild lately. It's really hard not to say Breath of the Wild. But I don't know if it's my favorite because it's currently in the forefront of my mind. Sure. um, Or if it's because it's that good. And it it is an amazing game. I've put 170 hours into that game. I've beaten it once. I am... 70 hours into master mode uh where where it's super hard and incredibly rewarding you it completely changes the way that you have to play the game uh so i feel like i'm gonna have to say say breath of the wild is my favorite game of all time
0: i think that's a great answer and i don't know that that would be my answer but that is definitely my answer for the next question which is a slight twist on that question so what do you think is the best game so what do you think is the best designed game on any Nintendo console?
1: Um, I, the best designed game? I I, I don't know that I want to say Breath of the Wild as well. Um, sure. I want to change it up a little bit. I want to say the original Super Mario. Okay, um, awesome. Playing that, uh, and especially if you read any uh, interviews with Miyamoto, uh, where he talks about in World 1-1... Um, he has, Mar- he, he, Mario's running across the screen from left to right, and there's a Goomba in front of him. And the first thing that happens is you run into the Goomba, and it kills you. And that teaches you to jump. Okay, so on the next time that you play, you run, and when you jump over that Goomba, he specifically put a, an invisible um, uh, brick there for you to hit with your head so that a mushroom would pop out, right? Yeah. And then that mushroom moves along and it falls down. And now the mushroom's the same sh- shape as the Goomba. So your instinct is to jump over it. But when if you're running at the speed that you should be, no, not knowing very much about the game, you can't jump over it because you'll jump and you'll bounce, bounce your head and you'll land on the mushroom and then suddenly you're big. And that teaches you that these kind of things are good and these kind of things are bad. And then when you jump again, you hit that that box above you and it breaks. And that teaches you that Mario has extra abilities that he didn't have before. Uh, because the first time you hit a, uh, a brick when you were small, it just moved. But the second time it broke. And like that game is filled with things like that to teach the player how to play the game without any tutorials. And so that's why I think that it is one of the greatest designed games of all time.
0: And And, and now I feel like we have the opposite where we have you know, two hour tutorials in some of the AAA games where they'll really handhold us and teach us every single game mechanic. They'll spell it out for us. Yeah, that's, that's true. I've never read any interviews like that or, or thought too deeply on that, but thinking through it, they really teach you so much about the game mechanics and platformers were new, uh, at the time. So yeah, that's awesome next question uh it's the complete flip side what is your least favorite nintendo game of all time this could be a rental that you got stuck with uh, or something that you bought and was so awful you wanted to return it
1: well uh i didn't own either either of these games but uh, my, a, a buddy of mine who lived down the street did and i think you already know the answer to this and that is either Mylon's secret castle or bayou belly those two games were absolutely atrocious disasters but we still played them because in my day, you had like two games and you played them because those are the games that you had. <laughs> uh, you same experience here,
0: especially when you got stuck with a rental. I mean, there was no way my parents were going to take me back to the video store to exchange it. So if you got a bad game, you were stuck with it. I, I remember uh, my being just incredibly challenging to the point where I didn't even want to play it.
1: Yeah, you had to sh- you had to shoot bubbles to hit invisible things. It was so confusing, yeah, and yeah. I, I think there's a video of, uh, there's a YouTube channel, not not family-friendly, uh, called The Angry Video Game Nerd, yep, where he yep. talks about Mylon's secret castle, and he uses quite a few expletives.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could imagine, for sure. And Bobby Billy actually came up on a previous interview as one of the worst games as well, uh, so you're in good company there. Uh, the next question, uh, is, is broad, uh, favorite soundtrack or musical theme from any Nintendo game.
1: I I have trouble. I have trouble nailing down one. Um, I will say that I love the music in Ocarina of Time, especially the remixes that people do of it. Uh, if you ever get a chance, check out Gerudo Valley by Tom Winter. Okay. Amazing. Uh, uh, acoustic remake of the Gerudo Valley theme from Ocarina of Time. Um, Tetris also was just that that one song just would loop in my head all the time. But I can't nail down something as my favorite, but I will say that I love chiptunes and video game music. And I think mostly that's because whenever I was a kid and I was behaving a little less than optimally, my sure. mother might ground me. And the way that she would ground me is she would take the controllers. But she would leave the system. And so I would put the games in and put, turn them on and listen to the music and look at the the uh, the intro scenes because that's all that I could do. And uh, let that and, loop. Yep. And it really got me to love Chiptune's music.
0: That's awesome. Cool. Uh, the next question uh, is open-ended. Do you have any unique Nintendo memories or stories throughout the years? Things that really stand out? Uh, any errors of Nintendo that you recall more than others?
1: Yeah, um, the Nintendo 64. Um, when I was in the army, my mother had bought me a copy of Ocarina of Time. And I didn't finish it until after I got out of the army. And I was, remember I was living in an apartment with my brother and his wife when I had gotten out of the army. And she had gone to go see phantom of the opera like they had gone to toronto to go see phantom of the opera um his wife and her friend and my brother and i stayed at the apartment and we had a few drinks and we played ocarina of time and i remember that basically what we were doing we were we were trying to defeat ganon and that um that fight at the end we would take turns you know our dexterity wasn't as high as it should have been because of the beverages that we were consuming (laughs) Sure, sure. but i remember when his when his wife walked into the house and he and i were celebrating and jumping up and down because we had defeated ganon uh we were quite inebriated but it is one of those uh of my most favorite cherished memories of playing video games
0: that was a great time period too for games. Uh, was that 1998, I guess, uh, 98, 97, 98. Yeah. 98? yeah mm-hmm. Fantastic. Awesome. Uh, the next question, uh, it kind of digs into your, your day job. So what you do for work. And I'm always curious, has your relationship with video games, uh, influenced how you approach your work? And if so, how?
1: Um, well, for those of you that don't know, I'm a teacher, I teach science. And uh, so it hasn't really influenced my work a lot. Um, None of my students know that I'm a podcaster. None of them know that I'm a Twitch streamer. Um, But they all know that I'm a big nerd and that I love video games. And I think sometimes that that gives me an edge with reaching certain kids that are unreachable by other teachers. Um, You know, the kids that are not into sports and they just like to play their, their games and when they hear that I um, play video games, they they always want to talk to me about it. And I usually will tell them, "Well, we can't talk about it now, but if you, you know, if you have any questions, we can talk about it after after class or something like that." Cool. Um, I think a lot of them, a lot of kids, well, a lot of adults that they, that kids run into, they all think that that video games are just a big waste of time. And I think that they find it very unique that there's an adult that doesn't think that the thing that they love is cool uh and so i i i think that just them knowing that i like video games kind of gives me an edge with that kid once in a while and it gets like if they're going to pick somebody's homework to do first it's usually going to be mine with with those kids because they're like man i don't want to let him down he likes my stuff
0: that's cool yeah that's awesome the next question, we're coming up on our final two. Uh, the next question is if you could green light a reboot or a remake of any Nintendo game, uh, say for the Switch, which would it be?
1: Oh, okay. I'm going to avoid an easy answer here because okay. there's, there, I, I'm sure that a lot of people have said certain games. Um, I'm going to say Blast Core for the N64. Did you ever play that?
0: Yes. And I played it recently on uh, Rare Replay. Uh, for X- xbox they 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 brought it out on the rare uh i think it was 30 rare games that they brought out on a package uh and it was fun to go back to that game it was a great game
1: for for those of you listening new that don't know what blast core is it is a stupid game but it's so fun uh there is a nuclear warhead on an 18 wheeler the the brakes are broken and your job is to drive cars into buildings to knock the buildings down so that the eighteen wheeler can go in a straight line. Uh, it's so dumb, but very, very fun. And I didn't realize that it was made by Rare. That's very disappointing. So that means that we'll never get that green light for a Nintendo console.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I'm a little worried if they do an N64 classic. That you know, how great can your lineup be without a single rare game, right?
1: that's true that's very true
0: yeah we'll see we'll see you never know stranger things have happened in the world of video games so uh, who knows
1: Minecraft is is cross play on Xbox and Nintendo so you know yeah yeah and Rocket League. We have Rocket League coming
0: soon. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, so, final question. Uh, I know we're going a bit over time, so I appreciate it. Uh, what was the last great game that you played on any console? I feel like I know this answer, uh, but I'll ask it anyways.
1: Um, I'm actually not going to say... Everybody's probably going to say, well, he's going to say Breath of the Wild. That's the game that I've played the most lately. The most, sure. Um, but... Uh, Recently, I picked up Overcooked for the Switch, and I know it's getting uh, short shrift because of uh, frame rate issues, Sure, but I had an absolute ball playing that with my son. My son and I sat here, and we played Overcooked, and we're shouting things to each other like, I need a hamburger bun, I chop up some tomatoes, and clean <laughs> That's awesome. that dish, yeah. and we were laughing and yelling and having a ball. So if you haven't picked that game up, pick it up. It's great.
0: Well, my wife and I are always looking for good two-player games, uh, so I might I might do that. Did you experience any of the frame rate issues, or has it
1: been pretty fine for you? Um, I'm a bad I'm bad at noticing frame rate issues. As long as it's a stable frame rate, I really don't tend to notice it. It's when the frame rate starts to fluctuate a lot, and when you see slowdown, that's when I notice it. It seemed pretty stable, even though there was a Digital Foundry video on YouTube, and they analyzed the frames, and it was like running at 23 frames per second, which is pretty okay. low. Uh, yeah. And then they showed side-by-side footage of 60 frames per second, and it did look better. But when I'm playing, I just really didn't notice it. The developer did say that they're working on it, though.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely gonna pick that up. It seems like one of the hidden gems right now uh, on the Switch. Uh, Of which there are many, I feel like they are continuing to put out these little hidden gems, these little secret games that a lot of people aren't talking about, but are really fantastic. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much. We successfully uh, ran through the Nintendo 10. Uh, I want to thank you for hopping on, spending some time talking about video games. I do have one final question, and that is where can people find you on
1: the Internet? Uh, You can find me at runjumpstomp.com. You can find me at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. And if you're looking for Switchcraft, you can find that at runjumpstomp.com slash Switchcraft. Um, Thanks for having me, Tom. I had a a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, this was a blast. And uh, I will definitely put all the links in the show notes. Uh, Again, I can't uh, endorse your show enough. Uh, If you're into uh, the next generation of Nintendo games and, of course, the latest console definitely check out nintendo switchcraft uh it is super easy to consume three days a week it sounds uh like it might be a lot but the episodes are uh succinct and uh full of awesome news uh, so you can keep up with all this stuff Uh, because it is a very exciting time to be a fan of nintendo whether that's retro nintendo or new stuff it's just an awesome time Uh, i didn't think that it was going to be this exciting uh you know this time last year even when they announced the switch i just didn't think that it was going to have this momentum
1: yeah, it's 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 Nintendo has had some some very bad years recently, and to see how well the Switch is doing, a lot of people probably uh, are attributing this to Kimishima ta- taking over. Uh, but Kimishima will be the first one to tell you, I'm executing the plans of Satoru Iwata uh, that he set in place ahead of me, uh, and. I think this was Iwata's plan all along. They wanted to do this with the Wii U, but they just couldn't, and the marketing was bad on the Wii U. And I think that the Switch is a runaway success, and I think this time next year, you're going to see a lot of um, big third-party support. Although I don't think that that the Switch needs the third-party support in in order to succeed.
0: And they're still doing some weird stuff too, uh, so it's still exciting oh, yeah. to, to go along for the ride. Take a look <laughs> at their uh, their voice chat app and Splatoon. Some of the weird things they're doing with Splatoon. So. Uh, keep uh, keep in tune with the news by checking out Nintendo Switchcraft. Keep in tune with Retro Nintendo by subscribing and keeping up with Power Time. Uh, and go along for the ride, the ups and downs. Uh, but I want to thank you again for joining. That's going to wrap up today's episode. And all the listeners out there, if you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you did. Please consider sharing with a friend, coworker, social community, anywhere that you think others might enjoy it as well. If you've been enjoying a few episodes now, definitely consider leaving a quick review on Apple Podcasts. An honest review really helps me continue to improve the show and it also helps us continue to grow the power time community Uh, i'll be happy to share any reviews on the show as well i want to thank you the listener for your time and attention stay tuned for monday's question of the week i'll be sharing some answers and as always keep on playing with power